Welcome to Nobody Asked for This, a diet culture takedown. I'm Kendra. I'm Megan. And we are in a new year. Yeah, 2022. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Not happy new year. Just we made it to a new year. Because <laughs> the same shit's sad, happening. Sad new year to you as well, Kendra. Oh, I, just neutral, I think. A little more. <laughs> neutral neutral new year to you. Neutral new year. NNY, everyone. NNY. Hashtag NNY. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um. <laughs> Okay, here's the deal. This episode was recorded. You're not going to believe it. Although maybe if you've been listening, you will believe it. But um, our interview, well, the whole episode that you're about to hear was recorded with Lexi and Kimmy. Oh, it's such a, it's fun. This is like a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, In January of not 2021, Mm -hmm. but 2020, this is a fully pre-pandemic episode yeah I just like honestly I kind of like to live my life like a couple years behind and this is evidenced in a couple areas but most recently what I have done is gone on a website this is like a month ago found a beautiful calendar that I purchased and then got ready to hang it you know it's the new year and um looked looked at it again and thought huh I know why this was on sale because this is a calendar for 2021 I can't y'all I can't the year that we're going into so the whole calendar is wrong and intern Eric was like well maybe I could like white it all out and I'm like no (laughs) The point was the design of the calendar. It's very clean lines, very minimal. And like, can you imagine going in and whiting out every date? Like, no, that's okay. You, wait, but you know what you could do? What? Honestly, get some white, I don't know, half inch circular stickers. You can yeah. buy them, like the tag things and just yeah. write one through whatever on for every month so I'm writing 60 times 12 like well 365 numbers because they're 365 because of the year good call good call (laughs) yeah no I think I'll just be putting it in the trash oh man so I like to be about two years behind now this one was only a year behind because it's 2021 but in that same energy Here's an interview from two years ago before the pandemic happened. Yeah, it was just, it was like the BP. Little little words were happening about it, but nothing really legit until end of February. Mm -hmm. Lexi and Kimmy are both content creators. You, if you aren't following them, you gotta go follow them. Lexi is on TikTok and on Instagram at L-E-X-I-N-I. M-M-O, both places, same tag. Uh, and Kimmy is the same on Instagram and on TikTok at K-I-M-M-Y-S-T-Y-L-E-D, Kimmy Styled. Um, you want to make sure you check them out. Uh, they have such a fun <laughs> way that they met. They tell the story. You'll hear it later. Um, and man, if we could just all have happenings like this that allow us to meet new Like a little meet cute. A like total meet cute. 
it's cute. a total, total neat cute. Um, so stick around. We're going to be talking about fashion and Instagram and friendship. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you want to take care of yourself during this episode. We talk about some bullying. You know what this podcast is about. We're going to talk about weight. We're going to talk about discrimination. We're going to talk about, you know, mental health stuff. So take care of yourself as you listen. And as always, this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical care, see a medical professional, preferably Mm -hmm. a haze aligned one. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. We're very excited to be here with Kimmy Garris and Lexi Nemo yep. of Nashville. <laughs> um, not the we, show, the place. Not the show, the place. <laughs> I think I met Kimmy in person from mm-hmm. Fat Girls Hiking. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just saw your relationship through on Instagram mm-hmm. and was like, let's do this. Yeah, it's like the Olsen twins. It's like, yeah, there's one. Oh, look, there's the other. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I want to ask you your preferred pronouns. She or they are equally fine. Awesome. And what do you prefer? Like, do you like to describe yourself as curvy, plus size, fat? What do you prefer? Yeah, um, I think plus size is good. Um, and it's like very palatable when you're talking to a larger audience yeah. who may not be comfortable with their bodies. Um, mm. But also fat is good. And I like to reclaim that term. Um, I care less about curvy and I hate BBW. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. <laughs> can only imagine. Wait, BBW? I'm not even sure I know. Big, putting beautiful, it on the list. big beautiful women. women. We'll address that in oh. our glossary. It's more of a porn term. I yeah. Yes. Very fetish. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. I have very strong feelings about that <laughs> no as wonder. well. No wonder. I don't know what yeah. that means. Lexi, what are your preferred pronouns? She for me. And um, I like plus size. I'm fine with curvy as well. Mm -hmm. And I have complicated feelings about the word fat. I acknowledge that it's being reclaimed. And I'm cool with it when I'm talking to other fat people. Yes. When a thin person says fat, they better be talking in a positive way. If they say it in a negative way, I'm like trigger central. So... I, but in this situation, mm-hmm. it's not going to bother me to be referred to as fat because this is a safe place. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for feeling that it's a safe place. We've, we've tried very hard for that. Megan, what are your pronouns? She, her. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, hearing you say that, I think I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I will call myself fat all day. I'm mm-hmm. fine with Kendra calling me fat. I'm sure, I'd feel fine with you guys doing it. But I think to hear a thin person do it mm-hmm. in any way that wasn't like... Mm-hmm. I love fat women. <laughs> yes. Then fat like, women are gorgeous. <laughs> fat women have the same, should have the same yeah. rights as thin yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> One that I feel like I've heard recently that I've kind of like, I don't know, I need to explore is like big. I don't think I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I like She's a big girl. Well, first of all, I'm not a girl. Well, yeah. girls probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how about you, Kendra? I'm she, her, hers. And I... um don't have complicated feelings about the word fat. Okay. I'm jealous. I guess mainly because I don't surround myself even with thin people who would ever use that term towards me in a negative yeah. way these days. Now that hasn't always been true, but just like these days in my mm-hmm. life. And so I kind of want, in my opinion, it's for me, it's like, I want people to 
even thin people to start to use that word that in a non-negative way where they don't think I'm going to be offended right. or like take a fit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I want it to be just as normalized. No judgment attached <sighs> yeah. to it. No judgment, just a descriptor mm-hmm. for them. Like, I know that I'm not offended yeah. by it. Does yeah. that make I sense? I know exactly so. what you mean. It's almost like I'm thinking about my preschoolers now. Like, mm-hmm. if we could start at that age right. and introduce mm-hmm. it as just a descriptor mm-hmm. and take all those judgments out. I don't know how you do that, but. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to know when did you get into fashion? Like on a like on your personal level, when did it become something you cared about? In so it was definitely not something that I cared about um, growing up. Um, uh-huh. My mom bought a lot of my clothes, and you know that was like not cool <laughs> when you're in middle and high school. No. And I was really embarrassed um, of my body because I've been like big or fat most of my life. Um, so there was like a lot of shame during high school. Um, kind of that last year though of high school, I started to like wear like tank tops and like my legs were out. So, you know, feeling kind of brave. Um, but it really started in college for me when I really started to get into fashion and I could like buy my own clothes and, um, wear, you know, things how I wanted to. Um, I think I really got into it during graduate school though. And I, Got on Instagram and was just like styling, profiling. Uh, it was a big deal. Like I was super into Instagram at the beginning and just like posting like mirrored pictures of my outfit. So yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What years were these? I started on Instagram in 2012. Um, and ever since then, I've just been, you know. Uh, flexing on the haters. I have always been into what I consider to be fashionable. Mm-hmm. Like I've always expressed myself with what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I kind of came out of the womb singing show tunes <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> me yeah, too. Me too. demanded <laughs> attention at all times. Like my mom was like, oh, I love the new Starbucks mobile thing where you can order it. So you just walk in and pick it up. And I was like, oh, but but I like to go in and tell them my name so that I can hear them call my name. <laughs> and then everyone looks and they see me go get my latte. And then it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I need people to look at me. So it's a whole thing. So, um, yeah, boas, tiaras. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, the first memory I have that involves fashion that really stands out was seventh grade. I wore some pink neon knee high socks Yes. because listen, my grandma worked at Dillard's and she's very fashionable to this day. She's 74 years old and you will always see her in like a beret, some large sunglasses, something sparkly and something faux fur, like at all times. Like that's, that's my Gaga. Okay. Okay. And, so she has a great sense of style. So my my grandma, but she's my Gaga, my Gaga picked my clothes out for me from Dillard's, but she has really good style. So I was always styling, right? And she would go based off of what like the new hot thing was. And it was 2004. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was in all the magazines, neon knee socks. It was like a thing. And I was very uh-huh. excited. And I had my hair curled, my makeup done. I'm like 13. I'm like, yes. Did you have like a, a skirt with that? Or like... Yeah, I wore okay. it with a, a pink and brown plaid 
Okay, so very clueless. Oh, very. Yes. Okay. Very like like a definitely a callback to the nineties. Yeah, 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 like yeah. yeah, very um yeah, almost kind of mean girls though. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. So like a modern twist on mm-hmm. the like the nineties prep. Yes. Right. I had my pearls going, I had my little Dooney and Burke purse. I was like <laughs> killing it. I walked in there feeling so confident and everyone bullied me. Now they bullied me anyway all the time because I was fat, <laughs> but <laughs> um, they were picking on those socks like wild. Oh. Then I went to my piano class and I was sitting in my piano class feeling so sad and my piano teacher walks up and he acts like he like he covers his eyes like he's being blinded and he was like, oh, I can't see. Your socks are so bright. And I was like, are you serious, dude? All right, asshole. And he goes, huh? I can't hear you over those loud socks. And I was like, man, screw you. <laughs> and I started crying. Oh. And he was like, go to the office. <gasps> and so I went to the <gasps> office and I told the principal, like, that he was making fun of my socks and people have been making fun of me all day long and how it really made me upset. And I feel like I'm always being picked on for being different and blah, blah, blah. She says, well, have you tried trying to blend in a little bit? Oof. And I was like, you know oh what? You know what? Never mind. Just never mind. Did you mind. know we're at like in seventh, this was seventh grade? Yeah. In seventh grade, we were like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Good oh, oh my God. Yeah. I don't think I would have known. Mm. I think I would have taken that in. Mm-mm, no. And there was, you know, shortly after that incident, I wore a skirt that wasn't too short. It was dress code. But I had thick, I had some nice legs at 13, legs I had no business having at 13 years old. (laughs) And I honestly, if an adult had those legs, it would be great. But I was 13 and all the other kids are mostly scrawny. And so they are like, you look different. Kill it with fire. (laughs) And Mm. so I was super bullied. They were like, oh, you're fat legs. And people were like throwing things at me. Someone walked up to me and grabbed my stomach and jiggled it. And like people were just yelling things at me all day long. People pushed me in the hallway. It was really, really, really bad. And I went home crying. I told my parents. And the next day they walked me in the school and sat down with the principal and told the principal everything that had happened that day simply because my legs were visible. Right. And people thought that I was fat and that I deserved to be treated like that. And her response was, I seem to find a way to stand out almost every day and that I am asking for the attention. And if I don't want negative attention, I shouldn't be so attention seeking and that I should do more to blend in. I should lay low. She said it in front of my parents and my parents were like, nope. You're wrong. This is bad advice. You're a bad principal. And we're switching schools. Give us the forms to do that. And I switched schools that week. Good on your parents. My parents are really cool. (laughs) They're really cool. I mean, like, you cannot win being a woman. You cannot win being a fat woman. You can't win being a black fat. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I literally cannot imagine what it's like to have more layers of discrimination on that. No. Like, you're, it's so dehumanizing. Yeah. I mean, I was a child. I was a child. I mean, I can't imagine telling a child that the abuse they're experiencing is their fault. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't imagine that. So I, but I didn't let it dim my shine I kept being weird and I I kept dressing however I wanted and um 
once I got to high school, no one cared. I went to a national school of the arts. Okay. It's a performance arts school. So people yeah. were way weirder than me. I, they were like, oh, you're preppy. And I was like, yeah. you have purple hair, but okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, it did, the, the bullying didn't last forever. And thankfully now with Instagram and just the internet mm-hmm. in general, there's so many different styles and so many different fashions yeah. that um, I don't feel weird at all. I actually feel like I'm too vanilla now. <laughs> I gotta spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, as, uh, let's say with the platform that you have mm-hmm. um, and the work that you've done with different brands and things like that, what? How has diet, diet culture and fat phobia come into your experience? So, um, in the content creator, influencer, blogger community yeah. in here in Nashville, there are a lot of companies that will reach out to influencers. Mm-hmm. Let's use influencers like a blanket term, okay. if that's okay. Yeah. So they'll reach out to influencers for a grand opening of a restaurant or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a new location for a boutique, things like that. And they almost always reach out to exclusively thin influencers. And I think if I would reach out to them and ask them if they want to work with me, they would probably say yes. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered, I'm like, well, why? Why do you only reach out to the thin influencers? And I'm, I haven't cracked the code if there's any specific reason why. Because I very rarely get rejected right. by a local company. They're usually really grateful that I want to mm. partner. Um, but they don't reach out to me first. Like bigger companies, but local companies won't. And I find that really interesting. And specifically, mm. there was a boutique that opened in Nashville I call it a boutique because it's not like, you know, Forever 21. It's not a big yeah. store. Mm-hmm. It's bo- more boutique mm-hmm. But it has other locations in the country. Mm-hmm. They opened in Nashville. I had never heard of the store, and I didn't know it was opening in Nashville, and I didn't know the event was happening. But it ended up being a pretty huge event with dozens of Nashville influencers and bloggers. And all of these women were thin and I looked them up online and the boutique only carries sizes up to like large Mm. and so I get it I mean I get it why you wouldn't reach out to me but I think that that's kind of the issue is um we're either just they just don't consider that we exist um or they don't like what they see when they type in Nashville influencer (laughs) Mm. um into the Instagram I think a lot of times they find influencers a lot of companies find influencers to work with by searching hashtags on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, a few, there are a few different issues here. One issue is Instagram suppresses a lot of fat people's content. So a thin influencer with, you know, a similar following to mine mm-hmm. wearing the same outfit in a smaller size mm-hmm. is probably going to be seen by more people than mine is because I'm fat. Theoretically, Just like that, like because the algorithm or like the algorithm, specific, wow. the algorithm suppresses content mm-hmm. that of people of size, people of color, the right. you know, all basically anyone who isn't you know, thin, straight, cis, and white. Yeah, um, they they suppress your content, they hide it, they shadow ban you, or they just don't show it on like the home page. And yeah, like you will see a couple of fat people on the home page, but. I mean, compared to the thin people, there's practically nothing. So 
I think that when a company, like say a salon, a salon probably doesn't care if I'm plus size or not, Mm -hmm. but if they type in hashtag Nashville influencer to the search bar of Instagram, they're more likely to find thin influencers Mm. first. Mm -hmm. They'd have to keep scrolling to find me. So I think that that is why maybe one of the reasons why more local companies don't reach out to me at the same volume as they do to thin influencers. And then as far as this store goes, the reason why they're not going to reach out to a plus size influencer is because they don't carry my size, (laughs) which is a whole issue in itself. And so there are, if I feel excluded and I feel like the influencers are segregated Mm -hmm. into plus size influencers in Nashville and thin influencers in Nashville. And from associating with thin influencers, I want to make sure I'm being nice. (laughs) You don't have to be. I have definitely felt that thin influencers in Nashville think that they are the real influencers. And we are like aspiring Ooh. that's how it it feels the way yeah, they talk no, to me and it. they kind of talk down or they'll be like I think it's so great that you're doing this and that you're you know curvy and or the <laughs> you know or they'll say like oh I think it's so great that they're starting to be plus size influencers in Nashville I'm like starting to be what are you talking about it almost just feels like everyone's separate yeah like there's the skinny white bloggers and then Skinny bloggers in general, mm-hmm. and then plus size bloggers. Yeah, and well, obviously it's systemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it also just makes me think of the whole invisibility trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if trope mm-hmm. is the right word there, but um, sort of. And like you said, you know, if it's a boutique, a boutique, a boutique, a boutique, <laughs> a boutique that doesn't offer your size, that's a whole other issue, right? I mean. Only like 6% of retailers in the U.S. even offer a plus size. So we're already getting mm. only like 6% of whatever is being offered to like 100% of the like thinner population. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So those opportunities are like much harder to come by um, and it feels sometimes like, you know, there's not enough resources to go around mm. with the, the companies. So um, it can definitely be weird. Um, I think for me, the most frustrating aspect is when companies reach out to me and they don't offer my size. Mm. And, you know, I'm at 3X, so I'm usually at the end of the cap. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty much 3X, and if you're 4X or above, it's like there's no dice. You have no options. Yeah. Um, but I have a very large bust, and I've had a lot of, like, bra and, like, lingerie companies and, like, boutiques reach out to me. And they're like, yeah, we have like new extended sizes and plus sizes and we've launched a really inclusive range. And I'm like, oh, sick. Like you offer above like a 42 band and you offer above like a double D. And then I go on the website and it's like, sorry, this item is not available yet. (laughs) (laughs) And this has happened with like every company. And it's just like so frustrating because like. Why? Like, why would you, like, market yourself in that way and then reach out? Um, And then I always have to respond, like, hey, like, your company seems really interesting. Um, You currently don't offer my size. Mm -hmm. Um, Your range seems pretty average. (laughs) Um, You know, if you want to work with me or or collaborate or, like, have um, me be a resource, like, I'm happy to, to work on that because it's very difficult for me to find bras in my size 
And they're always like, yeah, thank you so much for your input. Like, we'll definitely be in touch. And, and then they don't get in touch because they don't, they never they don't really care. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think for me that's the, the part that I guess is like – um, just frustrating is we already have such a small percentage of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we are 60 per like 60% yes. of Americans are over a size 16 yeah. and like a size 16 is already like, you know, somewhere in the plus size range because mm-hmm. plus size starts at 12. So if we include people who are 12 and above, I can't, I can't imagine like seventies, eighties, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Percent wise. I mean, yeah, exactly. So um, and you I said mean, 6%? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, and it's just interesting because, like, fat phobia runs so deep. It's so severe that, like, nobody wants to capitalize on us. Mm. Like, so many companies could. <laughs> right. Like, so many companies could. And, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. fat women have access to capital and money. And they don't want our money because it's bad. We're actually in the majority. Yes. It's like ridiculous. Do you remember hearing that um, comedian and actress Leslie Jones, who is fantastic. I love her. No Mm. one would dress her for a red carpet event. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? She was nominated. She was nominated for a Globe, I believe, for SNL. And nobody yeah. would nobody would make her an outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's the one side of wanting to capitalize yes. on the majority. Yes, and like also, Kendra and I have been talking about how like intuitive eating is becoming very yeah commodified now. Yes, um, but then not serving that population that you want yeah. to capitalize off of. Yeah, yeah. I, then there's like the whole other conversation with like um, high end designers and how. Not even just like runways, but just in general, how it's such a big deal that Christi- Christian Siriano mm-hmm. did dress Leslie Jones and like intentionally makes his runway mm-hmm. diverse in all like in a variety of ways and is like the go to for, you know, fat or whatever, however you mm-hmm. identify women yeah. to dress them. And I don't know. It's like it's a whole other kind of class conversation mm-hmm. too around oh, yeah like what where where si- um size inclusivity is yes, you know what i mean like point, there's Kendra. there's just a whole yeah. other and the sustainability like at walmart you're gonna see like a lot of sizes versus yeah yeah a boutique. or just like even old navy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah old navy yeah. has a diverse you know size range or whatever and like i'm not gonna walk into louis vuitton and find mm-hmm. anything that will fit my and that finger. Pr- I mean, I would assume, I'm not a doctor, I would assume <laughs> that that's probably because if you have millions of dollars to shop at extremely expensive designer stores, you've probably spent a good chunk of change trying to be thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is sad. You could be going to Greece. Yeah. But instead you're getting lipo. Go to Greece, like, go to girl. Greece, girl. Go to mm-hmm. Greece. Yeah, that's so true. I've been doing the work of trying to disengage from diet culture, although that's not what I would have called it, mm-hmm. for, I don't know, like four years or so now. And as you all know, it's not linear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. So the thing that comes up for me the most is looking at pictures of myself. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like I can be feeling great. Mm-hmm. And then I see a picture of myself and I'm like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've gone back to, you know, 2000 and 
13, Megan. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, because you guys are always having to take pictures of yourselves Mm -hmm. and look at them and put them online. I want to know what that's like if you have specific tools to share. Yeah. I've only been an influencer last year, but when I started, what? yeah, I mean, I, I've done like things like, like an official influencer stuff, like, you know, okay. getting Me too. brand deals or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, Way to go, you guys. Thank you. Know. Um, but when I started Instagram back in 2012 in college, um, I was in a place where I was like dieting a lot and going to the gym and like exercising and like had an idea of like, um, you know, like what health is or like what I perceived health was. Um, and then when I got online, um, you know, things changed and, you know, I couldn't go to the gym as much and I gained a lot of weight back and, um, you know, long-term diets don't work and I didn't know that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I was feeling really bad about myself. Like, Oh my gosh, I can all sweet. It's going to be so much work to get it off. And then, um, I just like started searching on hashtags on Instagram and, you know, back in, in 2012 and 2013, 14, 15, um, there weren't like influencers. It was just like people being like raw and like real. And, um, it was like my first experience being able to like tap into like, Oh, Hey, like this person is fat and they look like me and like, they love themselves. And they actually don't want to lose weight and <laughs> they are just happy to be, where they're at. So just being able to see fat people be fat and like, you know, not even glamorous, just like I'm literally eating pizza and like I'm just hanging out or like I'm at the beach. Um, that was really like inspiring and really helped me move through like, um, you know, the idea of like, you know, I don't need to lose weight and like there's no ideal body and um, all those weird health hangups that I had. Um, and I think that's when body positivity was really big and going yeah. on. Um, as that kind of developed, I felt like less in love with it. It was like really problematic because there would be like, um, thin to average sized, you know, women being like, I'm body positive. Look, when I sit down, I have a fat roll and I'm like, there's nothing radical about this. <laughs> like you're not challenging the status quo. Like yeah. I'm fat from every angle. Like I cannot hide my body. I have to exist in this body every day. Like it's not a privilege that I have to be able to like mask myself in any way. And like, um, it was just frustrating seeing that, like, yeah, somebody positive, look at my fat roll, like, and them just taking up so much space. So I, I really got disenchanted with that. Um, you know, kind of went into a hibernation mode and kind of like was rethinking a lot about like body politics and like body liberation because it was really meaningless just seeing all these people say the same thing and then sell you a body love boot camp and like make capital off of what fat women invented and it was really complicated so nowadays um (laughs) i'm in more of a space where like i just like don't care because i literally do not have time to process this like if i look at in the mirror or like see a picture and i'm like wow i really hate the way this looks i'm like you know what I don't have time. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't want to, like, process this mentally and, like, Mm. have to, like, go through this whole, like, oh, my God, what does it mean to be, like, skinny and fat? It's like, no. Like, I'm just going to live because, like, this takes up literally too much brain space. Like, I could be out there inventing rocket science, Tesla, and I'm sitting here like, my body is a – no. 
don't have time. I got to go to work. I got to do cool things. I got to read books. I got to go travel. Um, So now I'm more in a space where when those things come up and they do, when I see like airbrushed pictures of like Kylie Jenner, it's hard not to be like, wow, like my pores are huge and like, like her ass is so fat and like mine looks like a pancake and like I'm upset. Like, (laughs) you know, you see those pictures and like it just triggers something inside of you that's like wow, like this, something is, this is really making me react. Um, just like being able to like unplug and just like put that away and then just like literally divert your attention to something else because like it's literally not worth your time to be thinking about that because it's cutting into like all the things that you want to do with your life. Yeah. So that's in a space where I'm at right now where I'm just like, I don't care and I don't have time for this. Like yeah. I'm just going to go read a book and snuggle my cat. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that's, well, yeah. Both things that you said are really mm-hmm. based in cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like what you were saying, Kimmy, like all those things are also a tool of patriarchy yes, and capitalism. It's and so heterosexuality. Like we, we are meant to yes. be caught up thinking about those yeah. things in order to not address mm-hmm. social justice issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we want to know when you all, how y'all became friends. We both were existing in an Instagram space, not connected at one point in time. Um, and a brand reached out to us and a couple of uh, like a lot of other people actually. And yeah. they, they planned this event and it was going to be at the Fairlane hotel, which is downtown. And it was, um, uh, you know, this brand was in town and they wanted to host, um, you know, plus size influencers and bloggers to come, you know, try their products and their clothes and, you know, just have a f- fun merry time supposed to be a dinner Uh, yeah it was supposed to be like a dinner yeah i forgot about that um so anyways like i show up um because i work close to the fair lane um and i go up to the top floor um like the people at the hotel were like expecting us we're like oh yeah we'll just take you to the top floor penthouse penthouse and like the penthouse door is closed and I'm like oh like I'm I'm like chronically early because like you know gotta gotta be early so I waited a couple of minutes and like nothing really changed and there was like no signage so I'm like okay whatever um, I'm just gonna knock on the door uh, being real brave <laughs> um, so I did in these like three or four ladies answered the door and they were like hey and I was like hi like I'm here for an event and they were like oh no um it's canceled did you not get the email from our intern and I was like, no, I was invited on Instagram. So, no, I didn't get an email. And they were like, oh, well, you know, some things happened. Um, but you know what? Like, if you want to, like, come in and just, like, browse and, like, we'll give you some champagne. Like, it's cool. Just come on in. And so I was it was like, still was those people. Yeah. Okay. But it was just, like, in their private penthouse. They were having a trunk show. Yeah. Oh. So they'll, like, travel around to major cities mm-hmm. and they'll set up shop in like the penthouse of a fancy mm-hmm. hotel and you can make an appointment to come in mm-hmm. and try clothes on and purchase oh, okay. them. So there was supposed to be a sit down dinner, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they canceled it. <sighs> so when she arrived, it was like the trunk show was still set up yeah, and no one was the there except for out. the employees. Yeah. And it was like, oh, uh, well, I'm just going to enter this penthouse. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're super nice and like, looking at stuff they hand me a bubbly and we're just kind of like chatting um and then there's another knock on the door and <laughs> enter Lexi, Lexi. Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also didn't get the cancellation email nope. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah you know you come in 
gave you some bubbly and they let us, they start like dressing us up. I wasn't going to try anything on because I looked at the price tags and I was like, so expensive. Oh, I don't know her. Um, and I was like, I can't afford this, but they're like, no, no, just try it on. And we were both just trying on all these like high end, luxurious oh, yeah, like, designer I mean, clothes. I like $2,000 dresses. Yeah. Like, it was like, so yeah. it was ridiculous. It was like, am I on pretty women? What's happening? And they were like, <laughs> do you want us to take pictures for your Instagram? We're like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, okay, pose like this. We're like posing and modeling and like, it was so cute. It was wild. Um, so that was kind of fun. Um, so basically what you're saying is you got a private yeah. pit. Basically. Well, <laughs> then they felt so bad. It's how you met. <laughs> How could you not be friends? With it? <laughs> right? right? Well, yeah. And then they felt so bad mm-hmm. that they were like, you know what, ladies, um, we're gonna pack up because we're really tired. But go downstairs and have dinner on us. Mm-hmm. Order whatever you want. Have wine. Take your time. And here's the room number and just have it put on the bill and like don't worry about it so we went down there i had seafood you had lamb (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm ordering a pina grigio i had two drinks and so we have this and the the restaurant at the fair lane do you know what it's called the restaurant? I do, but not off the it's top of my so head. It's so nice. It yeah. is so nice. It's excellent. It's, it's not... Go ahead. So we had this fancy, mm-hmm. romantic, candlelit dinner for two. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know this lady, but sure, why not? I love dinner, you know? What an intimate person. <laughs> I know. But it was crazy because I'm like, oh, so like, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. And turns out we are both Nashville natives mm-hmm. and we both have um, a baby sister who's 13 years younger mm-hmm. so both of our sisters are 15 yeah. which is so crazy wow. um, because that's not very common no. you know she she no. does have a middle sister yeah. and I don't but still to have that big that age big gap age and that's so we're unique we're also like approximately the same age just a couple months different yeah were, were you born in 92 mm-hmm. yeah so we're both born in 92 <coughs> um we graduated the same year I think so um we know a lot of the same people yeah. it's like how did we never meet we lived in the same part of town during that time too yeah, yeah. that's so wild so we, there were so many parallels of our lives and then we clicked really we mm-hmm. like you know we the same. I feel like we're a similar flavor of person. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. the loud one, obviously, but I've never been much of a believer in like a best friend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can have more than Lots one best friends. friend for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I think it's the contrast of how little time mm-hmm. I've known you yeah. and how close I feel to you and how big of a part of my life you've become. Mm-hmm. She's a bridesmaid in my wedding oh, next yeah. month, yeah. and just like I mean, from great moments like traveling together and creating content together and laughing until we pee Mm -hmm. to like (laughs) moments where I uh, struggle with multiple mental illnesses and there are times where I you know slip really deep dark places and um, she's been right there with me just like I'm crying I haven't showered in days my Mm. apartment looks like an episode of Hoarders and she is just like, here, let's order some food. Let me help you clean up. Go and shower, you silly bitch. <laughs> and, and like, have you called your doctor? Let's call your doctor. Like, you know, like. She's a really good friend. Re- she is really, truly a really good friend. And I don't know what I would do without her. And I love you so much. Kendra. I'm going to take a moment to thank you. Oh, Kendra, I'm going to take a moment to say thank you for being a friend. (gasps) 
just like, just like Betty White, you have been such a good friend to me. And to have a fat friend in our lives, to be a fat person and to have another fat friend is a special relationship. Megan. Chow down the road and back again. Heart is true. Your time to confide on Yes, that video. To really back up, one RIP Betty White, she died. We're very, very sad about it. Um and then what we were singing was the Golden Girls theme song, but there's a great video of this guy ad living on top of the Golden Girls theme song that is fantastic. It's so good. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That's what it is. Anyway, thank you for being my fat friend, Kendra. Well, Megan, thank you for being my fat friend. Um, Since way back in the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're, we're almost at 20 years. Oh, we're, we're two, 18 years. We're two oh years my shy. gosh, we're old. Our um, our relationship is an official adult now. Wow. <laughs> Just think about baby us. Mm, little babies. Little babies in um, all the music classes we took. Megan, you said all those lovely things <laughs> about our friendship. And I have to just reciprocate and say, you have been the most solid person in my life for the last <laughs> five, six years, for sure. No question. Oh my gosh. And I'm just so incredibly Thank grateful you. for you. Me yeah. too. Same back at you. We don't have quite as cute of a meet cute story as <laughs> Kimmy and Lexi. Um, yeah. But oh my gosh, if only, if only that could be how we make friends. <laughs> right. Their story is so precious. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story. Um, one of the things that Kimmy and Lexi shared with us is like how they got into fashion or when they first like were aware of fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, Megan, when was that for you? Such a good question. So I have a sister that is eight years older than me. So anything around beauty, glam, fashion, I learned from her. I credit her for it. And it started pretty young, I would say. I think when you have a sibling that that's that that is that much older than you, um, you kind of, you know, learn about the hip things a little faster. And oh gosh, I do remember being in like, I think this was first grade and it being picture day and her like doing my hair especially. And she did my hair especially for um for my school dances. But let me tell you about this eighth grade school dance. Cause I feel like what I wore that year was like very much 2000, which is what year it was. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. I feel like it might've been from Adelia's catalog. <laughs> Do you remember those? I actually don't. I don't know anything about Adelia's. Oh my God. Okay. Well, they, they were these great clothes catalogs that I often couldn't buy things from because of course they were very small sizes, but it was those long black skirts that maybe had a slit in each side or something. Mm -hmm. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Yeah. Just a button up short sleeve collared shirt with that. 
And then here's the real thing. Mm -hmm. Those black slide sandals that were kind of like stacked a little bit. So it was like a little bit of a wedge. And then it was just that black, um, solid. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What covering over the toe, over the foot? I'm yeah. not saying it well, but that's that style. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big deal. Had my first dance in that outfit too. God must have spent a little more time on you in sync. I'm trying to remember what I wore to my eighth grade dance. I think it was a. I wore a dress for sure. It might have been a yellow dress. I'm not sure why I think it was yellow. Yellow is not like a color I wear, but um, and my first little dance was to Savage Garden. Yeah. I wanna in that savage garden stand with you. Yeah. It's like very inappropriate yeah. for um eighth I was thinking of Chicka Cherry Cola, which is also them. Oh, Chica that is also Cola. We probably mm-hmm. also danced to that, but not slow. I, I did not get into fashion until and no, I didn't say good fashion, just fashion until yes. um <laughs> until I was probably in college. Um when it was probably the first time I knew there were options available for me because I was right. I was always the big kid so I was always um at the top of whatever the sizing was for right. my age group um and was always difficult to find stuff so it was just like you wore what you could find and in high mm-hmm. school I my mother hated it I just wore jeans, jeans, shorts, and t-shirts that's literally all I wore I mean I had dresses yeah. for certain occasions and stuff but that's it. I was like, no, oh, that t-shirt, those pair of shorts, I'm good to go at the end. Like I did not care at all. Um, but I think college was when I first started to be like, oh, I can like show personality in what I wear. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Thank goodness that there are more and more and more uh, inclusive sizes to, available to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope it just keeps increasing and we can keep dressing in what we want to dress in. Yeah. Everyone needs to take a page out of old Navy's book and put all of their items together and not separate them based on size. Agree. <laughs> but of course, first they have to offer all the sizes. So yes, step yeah. one, there's some work to be done. There's some to work done. to be done. This is our next to last episode. You got one more episode of season three coming in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to be taking a break and figuring out season four. We have some exciting developments already in play for that. And we really, we're probably going to need your input on some things. So if you are not following us on Instagram, where have you been? Get over to Instagram and give us a follow at underscore. Nobody asked for this. Um, Our wonderful addition this year to our team has been Katie. And um, so you'll see her a lot over there as well. Be gentle with yourself. It's a new year mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a good new year or a happy new year or a sad new year. It can just be <laughs> a new year. It's a new day, yeah. a new dawn, and you don't have to feel good. Did you get my reference? <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Nina Simone. <laughs> like you said, Kendra, it's a new year, but it's also just a new day. And I don't want us to forget that we're still in the middle of the winter season. And that is like times for things to slow down a little bit, to get more rest, to maybe eat a little bit more, to stay warm. Um, So don't, you know, in the hubbub of new year, we have to change everything and start all the new things. Don't just pass, take a pass and be like, "Mm, 
I'm going to take care of uh, myself. I think it's really important that we, just like Megan said, I think we have to be extra gentle with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are two years into a mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. It is still raging. Mm-hmm. It does not calm down. And we, every day is met with some level of uncertainty. For sure. For sure. So be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Boundaried. If you need a constant in your life, listen to our podcast. We'll be your friends. We'll totally be your friends. We love y'all. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.